Hello again, ladies and gents, and welcome back to the AJ Roberts Show. Today we've got two of your favourites from Down Under. We've got Colonel Ricardo Bosi and we've got Dave Guru joining us, uh, our favourite twins from Down Under. They're uh, bringing, it, bringing a fight to the front. Welcome to the show, gents. Yeah, thanks, AJ. Yeah, Always good to be here, and especially with my brother from another mother, David yeah, well, Graham. I was going to say, twins, it's a bit like the movie, isn't it, Rick? You know, the uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's about the uh, the clarification of difference, too, guys. To- two totally different guys, but one united, uh, one united view, and that's to um, bring Australia home to the people, guys, just like uh, AJ would like to do for England, and we're all in it, and we're all going to do it, and we're all part of it. But uh, yeah, thanks very much for uh, yeah asking me on, AJ. Privilege, mate. Thank you. Pleasure, pleasure guys. Um, Rick, if I could start with yourself. Uh, obviously, it's uh, it's been a few months since we've had you on the show previously, but um, obviously, and a lot's always evolving and always changing, and you're still very much in uh, involved with Australia One. Um, what's when the last sort of six months, what sort of changes have you seen? Not just sort of like in the, the political narrative, but like actually with the people themselves and how their, you know, their perception of like what's gone on in the last three years and this, you know, this war on many fronts that we're in. Yeah, thanks. It's been a slow old journey in the last six months. But if you went back six months today and jumped forward to today, what you would notice is firstly, people are very tired, but that doesn't mean they're stopping. It's just like, when is this going to end? Mm. That's point number one. Point number two is the uh, they're trying to frighten the people with as many ridiculous claims as possible, you know, CBDC and all the rest of it, things like that. They still, believe it or not, even with the, um, the CDC uh, and um, globally the word coming out that hydroxychloroquine is good value, ivermectin is good value, we should do it. Uh, mm. all, that, all that's coming out publicly, not quite mainstream media, but pretty close to mainstream media in some cases. And yet the Australian media is still playing the game as if this is 2020. It, it is just bizarre in the extreme. So their nonsense, their misinformation, used to have a life cycle of, say, a few years, then a few months, then a few weeks, and now it's in minutes because the moment something pops up, Dave and I will just shoot this thing out of the sky in, in a few <laughs> minutes and it's done. And so the rate at which they are throwing the misinformation at us is just is just incredible. It's just nonsensical. We know that they're done. Um we know that the all that we have left now to deal with are the lower levels, and we know that the Masonic filth, we got word yesterday, day before, they've been telling their people, you know, go out, wear your gear, but not their aprons, obviously, that's all secret, but your little, wear your little uh, badge in your dinner suit and go out to dinner and be proud and show that you're not afraid. <laughs> Some of us are which genius came up with that plan, but basically, oh, thanks for that, we just targeted that group and that group and that group and that group. So in... in um, I guess, how has it changed? The people are tired, but continuing to move forward, which is great. The uh, the bad guys are just running out of ideas and running out of steam. The the misinformation is fast, coming very, very fast, but nobody's buying it anymore. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a trend, obviously, a lot of people are seeing here, the states, that what the same countries, you know, the same Five Eyes countries, basically, that have waged this war on us. Um, I think the majority of the people are now seeing that because it's just relentless, isn't it? It's uh, same here in the UK. If it's not you know, about potential bringing in a CBDC. It's and now it's like uh, Port and Down are getting 200 scientists into labs to make special vaccines for uh, disease X and all this kind of stuff. And it's just one thing after the other. And it, like you said, it's, it's daily now. Um, 
And I think it's not, I don't think it's just really to confuse people. It is literally sort of waking people up, isn't it? Because of how nonsensical it all is. And people's, uh, I, I guess their, their own minds are a lot stronger now than what they were a few years ago when everyone's like put into fear and, you know, all over the world. Um, so it's, it's great to hear and great to see. And uh, it's all part of this great journey. Um, Dave, is, um, because you've been in the thick of it obviously since day, day dot as well. Is this something that, like, say, let's call it on the ground, is a uh, is a reflection of what you're seeing and the people you're speaking to, and even in your family circles? Look, we're still um, very slow to wake over here, as as Rick just said. It's happening, OJ, and things are coming out that they can't really like refute. You know what I mean? Now, you know, we've um, we've probably not been wrong except for a couple of things, and that was probably only timing. You know, that we got wrong, being a bit naive in the early days. Everyone thought they could, yeah, uh, yeah pick an event that was going to happen, but um, look. What we're seeing here, AJ, is I've just gone back to work. So a quick story, all right, um, is just to explain how they've come into our infrastructure and how much they've actually penetrated and it's getting ready for these 15-minute cities, which we're not going to let them bring in, but this is their agenda and this is what they're firing at. So I haven't worked for probably 14 months, AJ. Me and my wife have been doing this full-time, you know what I mean? I don't get any time, but lately – you know, there was something telling me, you know, it was God to go and do a job, you know. So a mate rings me through a mate and says, can you help me out? I goes, yeah. So my wife's been driving a truck, okay, for us. Only a little truck, but a truck with concrete to dump. So very relevant story, right? So what happens is she goes around there and, you know, I'm on I'm on site. So let's get the rules out. If you've got a driver's license, this truck can carry 1.1 tonne. If you've got a truck driver's license, you can actually put 2.2 on this truck. Now, that's a manual. I'll just show you how confusing this is. That's a manual truck. If you've got an automatic, you can carry 1.6 tonne on a driver's license, but you can carry 2.6 tonne on a truck license. Now, my wife's heading down to do some loads. I'm on an excavator loading the truck. And if I go 400 kilos over, she gets a warning down at the yard where they're dropping it off not on the way out overloaded on the way in overloaded by half a ton 600 kilos one time was 200 kilos over so if she gets three pings in a day she's not allowed back there for 24 hours so she got three pings this is how she, and i'll show you why what i'm getting to here aj she got three pings we pulled a swifty we got another truck off me mate and we had a different rego so we went back you know and they said oh you're barred from here and she went oh well different rego who says i'm working for the same people you know what i mean so we got the truck back in the next morning early to drop off a load and we got another load out but what i want to explain to you folks is what's happening here with our infrastructure and that is that the companies the businesses are being audited by the government regulations now if my wife drove in there on a car license and took in two ton or whatever, and she could only go to a 1.2 limit or whatever, it comes up in their system because she has to give a license in. They take the rego of the truck. They weigh the truck. So they come in and do an internal audit on the inside and they go, oh, this person here was driving this truck with that license, should only have brought in that much, but brought in that much, that's a four grand fine to you. Okay. So what they're doing is making the businesses manipulate the people to the totalitarian control. Yeah. And this is what we're seeing happen in our environment. It's and and it's God put me back to work for a, in a week. I've just gone, what's going on after 14 months? And I can't believe 
how they're just screwing it down. You know what I mean? And I can see through all this because, as you mm. say, I've been doing this for a little while now. Yeah. So straight away, I just go, hang on, red flags. You know what I mean? And this is how far they're entrenched in our community to try and control us, you know, under this council and government rule. So we're in the thick of it, AJ, really right in the thick of it. We're loving every minute of it. Man, Rick couldn't be at a better place, mate. We're, we're <laughs> onto it. Yeah. So basically you're, uh, you're God's little infiltrator um, breaking a system down from within, like showing people the corruption. Mate. And there's lots of people doing that almost by default, which is awesome. Um, yeah. my, my wife actually just done a 10 week stint in a, a mental institute in our hometown as part of her degree in occupational therapy, like a placement. And like day one, she's just like sees all these people getting brought in and then they're instantly smashed with all this different medication to the point where they're just dribbling. Then they're just, then they're being assessed. So she's yeah. straight away day one going, right, well, I don't get this. Why do you need to give them all these tablets and pills and this, that and the other? Why don't you assess them for a day or two first without any pharmaceuticals in them? And then then make an assessment. Would that not be fair? She's like asking all these questions like on day one, like day one of 10 weeks. Um, by the time she le- <laughs> and, by, and by the time she left, she had like all you know half the staff there asking questions, even to the point where the majority of like the people who work there are massive like African men that don't speak that much English. And it's just like, um, so um, nothing against the, you know, the p- people, but what I'm saying is, is that there's a big trend of that in the UK where there's lots of um, foreign healthcare workers in all different divisions like come into the country and obviously they've had all their training. So they're very much indoctrinated into that line of work and they don't ask any questions at all. You know, and I'm sure that's a very similar situation in, in Australia, whereas like the, the, the Brits and stuff like that, well, are always asking questions. They're a lot more curious about things, and they they're seeing things with their own eyes. Um, so that's another thing that's kind of infiltrated our healthcare system here in the UK, and same as the security systems and stuff like that. I know you guys have had it had it big as well. Um, Rick, from your uh, your perspective, obviously with all things military, I mean, obviously you speak to a lot of uh, serving and ex-serving guys. What's the kind of uh, what's the kind of narrative space like around the the, the mindset of, of the actual military members at the moment? Well, a lot of the guys involved in the exercise that's been yeah. going for some time, they they know what's happening. They're at work. They say so you've almost got these two militaries at the moment. You've got the chain of command, who up you know, over over the last say eighteen months have been discovering more about what's going on, but they discover that because they've been frog marched off off site. A lot of them still haven't got a clue. So you've got the diggers and, and some of the junior level officers, you know, junior, junior level, you know, colonel from below, lieutenant colonel below, major, down doing the job. And then you've got the senior sirs who for some time had no bloody idea what was going on. They were just too busy doing what they're doing in Canberra. And so the uh, the the ADF members that are actually doing the job, they're just doing their job. They're doing it. And this schism between the two in terms of understanding is quite interesting. So it, it's just a matter of these, these two different militaries that have been running. Not entirely sure what the others doing, but uh, the good guys are doing good things, and the bad guys are being watched very, very carefully. And one by one by one, they have been and will be uh, sort of removed from the chain of command. We've got a feeling that things are moving quite quickly now. For the last few months, in fact, we were near RAF base Williamtown, um, and while we were there, just off not at Williamtown, but uh, just a couple of k short of the place, uh, we got reports that the tunnels beneath Williamtown were being cleaned out. This is going back, I guess, three, four months, maybe five. I don't know. Time goes so quickly now. And they were being cleaned out, again, by international forces. Some Australians are involved. Not a lot because we don't have a lot, but they're there. And so when we, uh, the important takeaway from that comment is that 
when this ends, when the Kapal falls and we start rebuilding the country, there'll be a lot of uh, a lot of the ADF, Australian Defence Force, it'll be okay. They're, they're good, they're clean, they're good to go, continue work. And a lot of the uh, the senior leadership will be evaporated. I'll just be taken out, both metaphorically and literally, and, and we'll have to rebuild. So have you got any of your mates over there that want a job in the uh, the new Australian military forces that we're rebuilding? Uh, there'll be plenty of vacancies because our goal is to create a full strength core, which is, you know, we're lucky to be able to have our amount of division, we can't, but a full a full strength core comprising one armor division, one marine division, and one um, airborne division. And these are gonna be brilliant. We're gonna have two carrier groups uh, on each coast, east and west over time. So four carrier, carrier groups. So we're gonna build up big straight after this. So this is a big recruiting call for Anybody that wants to do a good job in a good military, come to Australia. And the, the beach is great, the sun is bright, and the girls are gorgeous. Yeah, I can vouch for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I do. I do miss my time on the yeah, the Gold Coast and uh, the sunny coast and Brizzy and that. Um, thanks for rubbing it in whilst the weather's crap over here. But uh, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's it's great to hear. And you know, it's it's what I, what I love about people like you guys and. Um, you know, and I do stuff with Brad Wozni and like Derek Johnson and all that kind of stuff. So not only like bringing the information, it's always solution based. You know, because there's so many, so many people out there like obviously sharing information, but um, a lot of it doesn't come with like actual solutions or ideas or visions. You know, and I guess that's a big yeah. part of what you do in your role with Australia One as well. Like you've got to have that creative mindset, like just nonstop because. I get because we get attacked from all angles it's like not only are we making buffers and barriers to for that protection for the people it's like well, what do we do when we come out the other side um and, and from an australia one point of view are you seeing like a lot of momentum uh and uh interest and sort of like people looking inwards like now obviously you have been kind of leading from the front in all of this and it always been about yeah. the people um are you seeing a much um grander I guess attention from uh, from the Australian people. Yeah, actually, we are because uh, I just recently instructed the state coordinators to start a new campaign. And this is in conjunction with Dave. Now, Dave's uh, his tagline for his show is "Stop the Rod Sack the Lot," and then we agreed that we were going to have. Uh, there you go, it's go time. And so, whilst we're two separate organisations, as you know, we, this is a, an attack on converging axes. A one's coming up one uh, one side of the slope. Guru and his team are coming up the other. And we don't hold hands and coordinate as such, but you know this is the time for this 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 joint approach of uh, sacrilege. Now let me just share. Can you help me just share screen in terms of how we're going here? Because I'll show you. I want to show you what we're up to. Yeah, sure. With, uh, using, using the uh, in terms of momentum for what Australia wants up and what's happening here in Oz, because we are seeing uh, quite a. Um... Okay, this, no, I'm still disabled, mate. But in order to show the people what we're doing here in Australia, because this is a significant shift, because up until this point, we've been building the organisation, raising awareness, obviously, building the, uh, the the internals of the organisation, processes, procedures, processes, procedures, all that sort of technical mechanics of how to run an organisation, because we're going to be busy very, very shortly, because people, thanks, mate, people will be coming to us, and they're going to want, um, they're going to want advice. And I keep warning our people that, you're the ones they're going to come to because you're the ones that will know. We will be, I'm just trying to get this thing going. Yeah. The only ones in town. And I don't mean that as a, uh, 
I don't mean that as a, a boast. Now, can you see that? Yep. Okay, there you go. So there we go. Stop the rot, sack the lot, and and uh, and you got a whole bunch of different issues to raise. In this case, this is stop killing the bees. And like we have our local councils turning around just endlessly. They just bag up the beehives and fumigate them with no no recourse, no answer. Uh, that's part. That's the West Australian Parliament. They're getting busy around the country, all around the country. These protests, they're flash mobs. Uh, and getting the pictures up, they're getting very, very excited. They're getting a lot of uh, coverage too, which is fantastic. People are now seeing these guys up front doing what they're doing, and that's that's part of the team. This is just the average Aussie out there, and we've got a lot of grey hairs, which is great because I keep reminding them we've got one good fight left in us, and it's the most important of our life. And so it's quite it's quite a lot of fun watching these guys um, get excited, get active, and we and I warn them this is going to take a while to get momentum, but once it takes off. It's going to take off like a rocket. So A1's doing really well. This next phase, as I said, we've been building the organisation. We've been building the army. Uh, Dave, in his own way, has been doing the same thing. And so now they're actually, this phase of the op, it's get out there, stack the rots, stop the rot, stack the lot, and it's start now and then uh, continue until the cabal falls. That's how close we are. We're no longer in the, in the realm of sort of years and, and many, many, many months. We're now talking about weeks and months, but very quite tight. Because as you know, they, particularly, you know, the the A1 crew and Dave's, Dave's mob uh, are well aware of what's coming out of the the, uh, the media and the revelations are just, just absolutely startling. And we're waiting now for, there's a bit of a whisper that uh, one, the first major public arrest will take place. It's already... We know it's been done with, dealt with some some long time ago, mm. but the public will get to see their first arrest, and it's got to be it's got to be a, a bigish name to really get people's attention. So we're anticipating that sooner rather than later. As usual, can't give an absolute time, but we're we've now prepared the ground. A one's out there doing their their, their activities. Uh, Dave and his mob are out there doing the same, and it'll start to uh, really attract more and more attention because. The awareness is is rising, but it's rising in un unlikely groups. In one sense, give an example: uh, a lot of the truckers in Oz, um, they were pretty much happy to follow orders: get the jab, keep driving; get the jab, keep driving; uh, get a pay rise per hour, and they'll keep driving because they could have brought the country to a standstill. And they almost did some time back, but the unions convinced them to take a couple of bucks extra hour, extra an hour. And they, um, and they kept driving. They could have brought the country to a standstill, but didn't. And yet now, a lot of them are they're on their blower as they drive around the countryside because we've got a lot of A1 uh, supporters who are truck drivers. And they've been trying to pass the word. And they've been sidelined as loons. And all of a sudden, these guys are coming back saying, hey, mate, we were wrong. You were right. What are we going to do? And they're now cranky. The truck drivers are really, really mm. cranky. And then we've got another group. Um more physical types, I guess, put it that way. And uh, these are the people that speak with fists, and they're actually starting to get cranky too. And they're saying, "Hang on a minute, this this something's not right." And uh, one of our one of our people got a phone call, and as he described it, this guy has never apologised to anybody anytime ever for any reason. And he rang me, rang up, and said, "Mate, I'm sorry. You were right. I was wrong. What do we have to do?" And they're mobilising their people now. There's a different sort of groups in the community who are now mobilised and saying, we've got to do something about it. And again, not necessarily about A1, it's about the groups all around the country realising 
something's not up. And the, so the penny's dropping all around the place. And Dave can probably give you a few more examples. That's why we're, look, we've always been confident. We knew we had this. But now we're really pleased to see people begin to step up. The penny's really dropped. Influential, hard-nosed, practical people who aren't prone to flights of fancy and conspiracies. These are the ones that are now coming over. Mm-hmm. And once we get them, uh, we are we're on a uh, we're on a freight train with a dead man switch that's broken. Absolutely amazing. And uh, I mean, I guess now with Dave being out there boots on the ground, um, you're going to probably hear and see a lot more of that. And I think just uh, because of the level sheer level of corruption, and you know, I reported a lot on Australia. Um, you know, the last couple of years, how um, just different sort of states were really being hammered with different types of dystopia, but like um, similar, but like obviously Victoria had it extremely bad. Obviously, Western Australia, Queensland was slightly different. Um, so it's been important for the people of UK to understand what's been going on over there. And I was only talking to my friends in the car yesterday, actually, when we went to the beach, just how bad it was in some places in Australia and New Zealand. And they just literally couldn't believe it because like they were like, thought it was rough over here, but you know, the the people were very quick to stand up in their millions here, like um, in, in London and stuff like that, and uh, and then raise those alarm bells. However, what I'm seeing here now is people are kind of having this like, almost like an organic awakening where they're just like, they're just coming alive more. They're just, they're questioning so much stuff that, you know, they're going, oh, all our food's just full of shit. All our water's full of shit. Like the air's, the weather's shit. Like everything just looks starting to look run down. Uh, and battered and they're seeing everyone in towns just look really unhealthy and just uh, demoralized and you know what I mean just like not looking after themselves the obesity's off the scale you know it's everyone's kind of seeing all of that for what it is and how it's all been socially engineered at the same time as obviously the stuff they're trying to teach kids in school schools you know like again they're doing the same in Australia New Zealand America uh, same here um and is that something you're seeing, uh, Dave, in like people becoming more aware of all those things, which is then sort of kind of formulating a grander picture as to what's gone on in the last few years, which helps take them over the edge that little bit? Yeah, look, I, I think that's that's there. The, the, the problem with the Australian people is, um, as you said, you have been together in millions of people and you've got a lot bigger population in a lot smaller area. Our problem over here, AJ, seems to be that we have... Um, a continent near the size of the North America with um, 26, 27 million people. Okay. Against 320 to 350 or whatever in America. Mm. So we haven't got this uh, ground roost conversation going on from area to area, state to state, place to place. Yeah. You know, we've got a lot of sparse land. So that's made it hard. And then, you know, as you said, each country and each state here was dealt different, you know, each country around the world, same lockstep program hang on guys sorry same lockstep program going on around the world but different aspects used on different people because you know they're watching the effects and what they need to use um but yeah so here they um because we were so so used to having having what we thought was a government that looked after us and gave us a good life these people are still very hard to understand that the government would be out to kill them you know, and this is something we're finding very hard, whereas your population over there saw it pretty quick, stood up, you know. Over here, we've just been asleep to it. Oh, no, what do you mean? You know, the government would never do that. So we're um we're just a bit more apathetic to the actual um, 
processes of what are involved. And I think that's because of our smaller population and our laid back attitude that we've got here. And, and they bred that into us, you know what I mean? From the first mm. time they yeah. opened us up as a penal colony, you know, that's what they bred into us. So we're up against the fight a little bit more AJ over here. And I think because of the less population makes yeah. it harder, you know, people are segregated in their little places and they watch the mainstream news and they buy the weekend paper. You know, and these are the things that actually determine on what's really going on in the world. Mm. So a lot of people haven't seen it yet, but a lot of people are seeing it. And as Rick said, there's different people in different areas of the community now that are starting to go, okay, you know what I mean? Where we got, you know, this is not right. So yeah, the more it goes on, the more we're exposing on the show. You know, last night we exposed Norfolk, uh, was it? No. Yeah. Norfolk Island. And, um, you know, how, how corrupt Australia, you know, just is taken over their island or tried to, but they've stood up and they've taken their sovereignty back. Mm, and, you crazy. know, and yeah, automatically Facebook took the show, tagged it as non-shareable and then put it back up half an hour later so no one could share it. You know, the things they do, AJ, it's just yeah, yeah. unbelievable. But, you know, look, we're hot over the target here in Australia. We're waking them up, um, thanks to Rick and, you know, our family and, you know, the family that watches mine, you know, my show and, um, we go out to a decent audience. We got a, a good American connections. Um, they watch our show. They'll be probably, you know, they would be watching our show from tonight over there now. And um, so yeah, we get a fair bit of um publicity, and we've been opening up a lot of stuff. So if we can get them to all watch my show, I think we could educate a lot of them. But I keep asking people to come on the show, AJ, but they won't come on and debate me or Rick or anyone else that we're probably involved with because we have too much correct information for the uh, matrix. So yeah. that's about where we are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know the feeling, mate. It's, uh, you know, there's, there's lots of people that don't want to talk about certain things. And um, I think at one point I'd even, I, I I got in contact with something like 40 different doctors who were very pro-narrative uh, and said about doing it like, you know, I'm just going to create a completely open space for you to share your side of the argument, your pro side, and then another medical professional to share theirs. Like, that's it. Like, there's no bias, you know, because we all project our own truth, right? And, uh, yeah, every single one I've said they were busy, weren't allowed to, or just ignored me. Um so that's just a sign of where we are, I think. And uh, and I'm not the one being financially incentivized. <laughs> you know what no, I mean? That's so... right. Yeah, no, I've asked, I've asked out many of our politicians over here, ones that live in our town, our, our state health minister, you know, come on the show, mate. Let's have a chat. You're all wondering why people are dying, why yeah. everyone's got myocarditis. Well, come on the show. I might explain a few things to you, but they mm. won't come in anywhere near us. They're sold to the narrative and MSM is our big problem. Uh, that's our major big problem over here. I hear in England, no one's paying their TV licenses. So if you keep that up, mate, they'll have no one to broadcast to anyway. So well, I wish you, we were in the same boot. You, yeah. you just you just need a few more pedos to be exposed in your uh, on your TV channels like they've been doing over here in the BBC. That's basically how yeah. it's come around. But at the same time, you know, it's still been a crime to wage that on the people in the first place. But it's just, it is a little bit disappointing that it's taken a pedo to be exposed for people to stop paying the TV license. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is. And, you know, again, it's an awareness thing. People are waking up to all of that. Um, Rick, uh, obviously, we, we, we've spoken many times on previous podcasts, but uh, just the sheer damage that these uh, the new medicine that they brought out uh, has been doing. Obviously, here in the UK, it's been relentless. Uh, I don't talk about it too much uh, because I'm kind of moving away from that. And I don't really want to scare too many people because 
some people at the time thought they were doing the right thing for their own family, which is fine. Um, but I've, I've got a lot of injury and death in my own family, um, as you guys are aware, um, which basically highlights just you know, how bad this actually is and what they wanted for people. Is um, Are you seeing, like, obviously a, a large increase in, you know, like over here we've got what they're calling turbo cancers and stuff like that, and obviously the, the heart problems, pericarditis, myocarditis. Uh, are you seeing like a, a large increase like that? Because I'm seeing a big increase in the last three months. It's almost like it's exploded. You're just on mute, Rick. Yeah, no, that's exactly what we're seeing here too. In the last um, month particularly, we are now getting more reports. Um, so this is not you know, not just, uh, I guess it's anecdotal, but it's sufficient to, to, for it to be statistically significant. Someone said, with this guy's at a service station. This is one of countless examples and reports we've had. He's at a service station. I think the fuel cost, um, you know, 95 bucks. He gave the guy 100, and the, the guy at the counter just stood there. And the, the, our, our contact said, he said to the to the uh, cashier, that's $5 change. And the cashier, barely speaking, said, I can't move. And he said, you're having a stroke. Let's get on. The, you know, he, he's having a stroke, so he got on the phone. And you know, five minutes later, the uh, the ambo turned up, and and said a lot of that's been happening. It's just it's happening now, and people are beginning to understand it. We are getting more people interested in A one who have been jabbed at least twice. Mm. Now we they were coming nowhere near us. Uh, I'm not sure what Dave's reports are like, but we're getting a lot of people who have been jabbed once and twice. They're saying, "Wow, you know." And as I said this morning, we were on a this morning somewhere. Can't was. But uh, there's going to be a headline across this country sooner than rather than later that says Guru and Bozy were right about everything. And that's going to be the, that'll be the moment where it wakes up because the people are now beginning. They're coming to us. As I said, jabbed people are coming to A1 and we don't treat them like lepers. We, we're there to help them. And that's what they like. They can't believe it. After they treated us so poorly, they are surprised at our generosity of spirit. But once again, Dave and I know how tough this gig is. We're not here to make point fingers at anybody except the bastards that did it. Yeah. Everyone here is a legitimate victim story, but we can't let them stay there. The idea is to help them help others because there's nothing like helping somebody else to help yourself. And so, yeah, we're getting a lot more reports now. There was a period, I guess, late last year, early this year, maybe, where we called them the Vaxi Taxis. You'd just The amb ambulances were just up and down the road nonstop. Uh, it was quite extraordinary. And then it dropped off a lot, and now they're starting up again. And so the vaccine taxis are uh, starting to pick up, which means the delay that, that was built into the injection is now starting to have effect. The turbo cancers you're talking about, things like that. We've uh, had relatives in our family, same thing. Uh, otherwise, perfectly healthy individuals of an advanced age, but super healthy, super fit, all of a sudden, bang, they're in hospital three times within three months with cancers. Just nonsense. Mm. And so, yeah, it's about to kick off uh, for real, and this is now going to wake them up. And now we also know that the financial crash is going to come. But we, as we also know, it's going to be a six-inch drop into a safety net, not a 100-foot drop into the canyon like Wiley Coyote. Mm. And we know that's the way the White House has set it up. But we also know that people, a lot of people, won't, won't snap out of their sleepwalking until they see their bank account zero or limited. Now, I understand. I've, I've got to confirm this, but the banks are basically not allowing you to take out any more than, I think it's $500 or some ridiculously mm. low amount of money like that. Uh, we've been aware this is coming, so we've been telling people we haven't given giving them financial advice, but we've been saying, well, this is what I do. We keep enough in the account to pay bills electronically. The rest comes out in cash, and we're buying silver, and that's just our plan because that's our 
best return on investment. It's not financial advice. And a lot of people had been listening to us for many, many years. I was, we were up in Queensland in uh, the end of 2020, middle of nowhere, upper Kumbakta West, like nowhere, at the servo, filling up. Typical North Queenslander comes up to me, he's wearing thongs. That's the formal dressing of North Queensland. If it's a formal event, they wear black thongs, shorts and a T-shirt. He just said, Bozy, what do I do with my money? I said, well, mate, I don't know, but I'm buying silver. He went, great, thanks, mate. He wandered off. And so a lot of guys, a lot of uh, Australians are well prepared for what's coming. And that that sense of confidence they have, because they've got their months worth of supply of food and water and everything else, gas bottles of barbecue, the lot. They'll be putting money away in, in, uh, in silver or whatever they want to invest in. And so this insurance policy has given them a sense of confidence, which allows them now to be more useful to the people that are starting to fall over. Uh, they know it's coming, and they, uh, we warn them this morning. The people who watch your show, the people who watch my show, the people who watch Dave's show, these are the leaders that are going to have to carry the country forward. These are the leaders that are going to be building the new, in our case, the new Australia. And we mm -hmm. warn them, you're going, to be a, you're going to be ahead of everybody else, and whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, it's on your shoulders that we have to now create this new country. And they're, they're more than keen to do so. They can't wait. They really are. They, they get it. Uh, the A1 people get it. David's family on his show, they get it. They're bloody brilliant. They understand what's coming. This is this is not going to be fun. It's not going to be pretty, uh, but we're going to be okay. We've got a plan to get through it. And as you say, A1's always been future-focused. You know, it's nice to define the problem, but eventually you're going to sharpen the axe, and that's great, but eventually you're going to start swinging and chopping down trees, and that's, what, that's why we're quite uh, relaxed about how this will transition from where we are. It's going to be tough. But at least we've got a plan and it's a good plan and we've got great people ready to go. Yeah, amazing. And uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's wonderful to see. It is, and I, I totally echo what you're saying. It's like I, I'm personally helping a lot of people who have been injured. And I'm, uh, I said uh, all my talks, I'm doing around the country, probably 10 to 15% of the people that are coming now have, uh, you know, were kind of pro narrative at the start. Uh, many have been, you know, unfortunately injured and I've been helping a lot of people. Uh, individually and i have people coming to my house um I'm, I'm using this fantastic uh orinoco life force energy pillars that we've got in the house which basically are just absolutely magic and what they're doing for people and uh the you know i want to give a big shout out to orinoco actually for you know put, put let me host them in my house and actually exposing people to that amazing energy which is healing people and uh and they're getting around the uk doing it and they're starting to spread out further afield to other countries um I know a good uh, mutual friend, Mark Atwood's now got him in Ireland. So, you know, that's uh, it's, it's, it's all working fantastic way. And I think it was always going to be the case. I think it was always going to be us, the people who stood up in the first place, were going to be the ones that he heal our friends and family. Because I guess that's all part of the process, isn't it? Like the people uniting, standing up. And it's taken this like, it's taken this war, you know, this unrestricted war, because that's what it is. It's like multifaceted, you know, as, as you well know, spiritual, economical, uh, psychological, all of it. Um, and that's still we're very much in the thick of that now. So it's uh, I feel I feel like almost like similar to post World War Two that my grandfather was very much involved in as well. It's like we're going into this like repatriation phase where we're we're helping the injured troops and sick, um, wounded, and getting them back on their feet uh, and getting everyone united again, like as a nation. Um, and it's done and led by the people. So in essence, it's kind of like history repeating itself. And we've used the D-Day analogy a few times on this on the show, and it's like you can't not see that that's what this is. It's literally like history repeating itself. Is that is that something that you see, Dave? Um, a lot of people who have been very much standing up to the to, to all the BS from day one are actually still very much there with their arms wide open, helping as many people as possible. 
Yeah, yeah, we are, and um, especially our 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 people, um, AJ. But to the question that you first asked, Rick, we've done. I've done some assumptions with people, and you know, just to give you an idea, we're a little we're a season behind on this uh, whole injection thing and that. You know, so we're yeah. that bit. You know what I mean? We're about six months or so behind everything that's rolled. It's starting to close up a little bit now, but so our effects sort of ramped up, as Rick said, dropped off. But what we're seeing now, you know, 10-year-old kids, I just got word the other day, just didn't wake up. Personal friends of mine, 21-year-old kids, surfer, super fit man, playing sport, working in the mines, just doesn't wake up, you know. So we're seeing this happening. But the worst-case scenario in Australia, and I've given it to our people, and it's a shocking thing, right, but this is serious. We could lose up to five million by two thousand and twenty-five. Now that's uh, that's twenty percent of our population, mm. but that's our worst-case scenario figures on the amount that come into the country against the amount of people we think has been jabbed. You know, what I mean, doing the yeah, figures yeah. up to five million. So oh. that's a lot of people. That's a lot of death, and we're starting to see that now, AJ. It's ramping up. So I just wanted to get that in. We're seeing it now, man. Um, why you're not hearing the taxi, the ambulances or the vax taxes as much as before is because most of the time now they don't even put their siren on. They yeah. just hit the lights and go, but there's yeah. no siren involved. Yeah, it's uh, where I live, it's just like I just hear ambulances like constantly up on the main road, like on the other side of our, our patch, and it's uh, it's just relentless. And I'm sure if I had a chat with some paramedics, like they open probably openly share like how busy they are and what they're seeing. Um, but I think uh, again, it all comes back to us, we the people. And I think from um, a, a, a vibrational and mindset point of view, we need to get all our friends and family in the most positive state as possible. Because it's when we strike, you know, that fear really kicks in. That's when they start obviously manifesting their illnesses, don't they? And they think, oh, I'm next. And um, although it is helping people become aware of, like it wasn't a very good good choice, they still have that in them. And this is why I've said it's always going to be a double-edged sword. It was going to be put the fear and division into all the society. So people did it in the first place. It's basically like chucking a grenade isn't it, into the middle of a, a family household, you know, and, and watch the, just let the aftermath play, play out between them. Um, you know, and that's basically what's happening in every household, you know, between all the arguments and two and fours. And then um, the people that then obviously went with a narrative were, were then going to be finding out later date that it wasn't for their health benefit. The government didn't have their best interest in heart and their family and friends actually did. And then they're then going to be shitting themselves because they're then thinking that they're next. So it's like they're constantly keeping them in that sort of low state of fear. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And that, and that is what happened because they're not to the understanding that we are, you know, but yeah, and it's going to be a lot for them to take on. I actually was in a chat in America earlier today, and I was saying, just imagine, you know, a normal, a normie that wants to know being introduced to some of our Telegram chats. What an experience that would be! The first time you looked into that chat and saw some of the information, it'd blow your head off, mate. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um. So, but that's happening. I'm seeing more and more people. You know, just because I would have a fair few people in my phones, you know what I mean? A couple of them here. So, you know, pretty extensive list. And um, you can see new people out there joining Telegram. Oh, yeah. so-and-so joined Telegram. So-and-so joined Telegram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people are getting in there and and this is a wake-up spot. It might be a vacuum chamber for us, but I think the more, and, you know, we persist with Facebook mainly to get to the normies. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because they're it. seeing it. But, yeah, look, it's... um. 
yeah, it's just where we are. I think we're at a really exciting time, AJ, and that mass awakening is actually coming, and it's just going to hot up week by week by week now. Yeah, yeah. I think it's fascinating the um, the responses in respect to what you're saying, though. The response to the Sound of Freedom movie that's come out. Now we've not seen it; we'll be seeing it soon enough. But the response of the the US viewers and and people think that the United States, the United Kingdom. Australia, Canada, New Zealand, we're all pretty much as much as we're not. We're really, really, we are so different. It's We might speak the same language, but goodness me, the uh, the robustness of different groups is very different. And the Sound of Freedom movie never mentions adrenochrome. It never mentions child sex trafficking. Uh, sorry, the sex part of it, it's more the, uh, the, the, slave, the children's slavery, so I understand. And this is still blowing people's mind, and, and people are weeping on their, on their, their TikTok videos saying, I can't believe this is happening. Why is it still happening? This is the most horrendous thing I've ever heard in my life. And this is vanilla. I mean, this is nothing, nothing challenging about sound of the sound of freedom in terms of its information. And they're still using terms like um, child slavery rather than rape, torture, and adrenochrome production, which is what it is. You know, we had a uh, recently in Australia had a the Australian Federal Police. participated with a, a global sting operation to capture the uh, some uh, pedophile groups. Now, we know what actually happened. The FBI told the AFP what to do, because AFP, Australian Federal Police, are uh... oh. The Australian Federal Police have uh, shut them up. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Is that right? And it, it just drives me nuts. But here's the thing. I'd like to, as Dave said, you know, imagine somebody coming onto, onto, onto a chat with us and, man, this is this is brutal. This is it's a cage fight in terms mm. of the information they'd be forced to get. But they they are going to get a, uh, a fire hose in the mouth and turned on full bore sooner rather than later because this is coming to an end and we're not going to wait for every marshmallow out there to themselves up they're just gonna have to get it yeah absolutely not in, not in their time but i'll tell you what's quite interesting you mentioned uh tiktok there and it's actually become one of the best uh red pilling machines in uh in the world from what i've seen <laughs> to the fact where it, it, even my mum yeah like, it like, is it, the weapon that was <laughs> i know like, the weapon that was <laughs> you go you go i was about to say that um I can literally ring my mum now. She'll probably answer the phone straight away. She'll have her phone in her hand on TikTok because she literally lives on it, watching all the videos of everything. And she runs a pub. She runs a pub in England. I was chatting to her the other day. She was like, she'll be outside and she'll be going to people, look, that's a cloud. That's not a fucking cloud. To like uh, all, the, all, all, all the customers and that. And uh, she said, yeah. She said, I've got about 80% of the people now like really working out what was going on, you know. But And I said, well, I think that's what your role was always going to be. Do you know what I mean? And it's like you're doing it now. You're doing it on mass. Like you're literally waking up all your punters that come into your pub to like stuff. And you know they don't have they don't put the news on the TVs or if someone puts it on, she's grilling them. What you're watching that for? This is you know it's a different narrative every week. They're just trying to confuse you. You know it's brilliant. Um, and long long way that continue. And I think TikTok's doing that for a lot of people. Although I do feel quite sorry for the youngsters. You know the ones that are at school in sort of mainstream education because. Uh, sort of like the you know the fifteen to sixteen year olds coming towards near their exams and stuff like that. They're being taught certain information and these like science or history or whatever it may be, 
and then they're going home, getting on a school bus or a car, going on TikTok, and then they're seeing some video by like some eighteen-year-old who's just debunked everything they've been taught in school. Um, so I, I do feel a bit sorry for the teens at the minute, but our youngsters, I'm so passionate about working with them. They are the ones that are really, they just know it. Do you know what I mean? It's like they've got this knowing that what they're being presented with is not right. That's like um, that they're looking at things and going, hang on a minute, why, why are we being taught this? Like, how is this going to help me in the future? You know, how is this going to help me like survive in the real world and all this kind of stuff? You know, that they're, they're asking questions like, when am I going to use trigonometry? you know, and stuff like this. And they've just got much deeper knowing these youngsters, the 16, 17, 18 year olds, they're, they're really switched on. And I'm, I'm purposely spending a lot of time with these, uh, this age category um, and trying to bring them together as well. And I'm watching, uh, I'm watching a few of them actually start building courses and stuff to help teens wake up here in the UK. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Amazing to watch, you know, these, uh, these youngsters. And I think we should all in every country pay quite a bit of attention to them because they are our future. Um, and, and we can, you can see the, the brainwashing generations, you know, when, when you look at them and you look at like us and you look at what's going on, you can actually see how the social engineering has taken place on different generations. Like it's absolutely, uh, absolutely mind blowing as, um, as, as Dave was alluding to there. Uh, Dave is, um, obviously with your show, obviously it's been going for quite some time. Um, in regards to sort of like the, the guests and the topics and stuff like that that you have on yours, do you, um, cause obviously we have, we speak to quite similar people. Do you find that that kind of like level of, uh, level of information and stuff? Cause it is like completely the opposite from mainstream. Do you think, uh, obviously from Australia, cause you, you know, you guys have pretty much been leading the way with a lot of this. Do you think that, that just that sheer level of like intricate information is really helped over there because, you know, there is a gap, isn't there, between what we've been taught and then what we're presenting. It's two extremes, isn't it? It's uh, it's certainly two extremes. Yeah, look, um, yeah, I, I think so. I, I mean, we got this issue over here, and I won't go into it too much, but, you know, maybe um, we could probably go a lot better, AJ, right, and we could do a lot more, but... Unfortunately, we're a very infiltrated country with a small population. How do I put this, Rick? Um, that there's um there's a boys' club sort of here in Australia, and me and Rick aren't in it. What have I said it that way? So there's a lot of um there's a lot of social influence out there that would not come near myself or Ricardo. Okay, so I could never be a part of their stream, or I've invited them to mine, but obviously you won't see them. Um, but so we're in this, um, we're still in this washing machine over here, AJ, you know, where we're trying to get this right, you know? And, um, you know, I put a call out to one person. I'm not going to name anyone because we had Norfolk Island on. Now, someone over here has been doing great work, you know what I mean, exposing the courts, doing things like that. So I sent him a message. Hopefully he might come on the show with these Norfolk Island people. But unfortunately, we're not getting to work together because, there's been, like you just said, a lot of stuff told. Now, I've been doing this for four years here, nearly, okay, now. But I was the biggest criminal in Australia. Uh, sorry about that, mate. That's just an LS3 going up the road sorry. over here. Um, but, yeah, so I've been made out to be the biggest criminal in Australia. You know, I was accused of stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars from every, you know, I'm this, I'm that, I'm, I'm, a, I'm on the meth. You know, I'm a meth head, I'm a this, I'm a that, you know what I mean? And 
So it's been a real like, you know, because why? Because we've been on target and we've been doing the right thing all the way through it. So we've copped a lot. Of, I've copped a lot of crap where, you know, yeah, we're just obviously people have watched me stand my ground. They've watched Ricardo stand by me, me, me stand by Ricardo. So there's this segregation of people. You know what I mean? Mm. Now the followers of those people, nah, cool. I got heaps of them coming in and watching my show. You know what I mean? And Rick's got heaps of them. So there's an integration in the actual people underneath, but there's no integration in the, uh, in the so-called influencers. Yeah, okay? and that's Yeah. And that's because some of them are infiltrated. You know what I mean? And, and as we've said, me and Rick, we're climbing up an opposite side of the hill, yeah. you know, and I've said before, if Rick yells out to me and says, Hey guru, can you throw a grenade 50 yards up the hill? We got some, you know, boom, here it comes. Now that might be me going on a live stream, doing something for Rick or getting a message out there or whatever, but I don't take my whole platoon around the hill and start climbing his side of the hill with him. I, I send someone out to throw the grenade, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And then Rick goes, thanks for moving that for me. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. You know, a bit further. So this is what we're trying to do. Everyone's doing it. God bless every one of them that are out there doing it. I am not the judge. Okay. You have to be judged by the good Lord. Okay. When the, when the day's up. Okay. But as you just said, it's the same there. So we've got this division and segregation. That's been very hard, AJ, mm. but I believe that as people come along, they're not going to see that sort of stuff, you know? And I think that, you know, the Stop the Rot show is doing really well. It's getting out there really well. People are getting it shared around because we're so, you know, we're on the target, mate. We're we're so highly sensitive. It's incredible. Same. So, yeah, we're getting it out. Yeah, we're getting it out and around there. And I think people are building in and, and getting the idea that there's something wrong with our country, you know, and they just don't, they don't want to believe that the government's out to kill them, right? Because that's just too far out for them, you know? The mm. government wanting to kill me, you know, poisoning my water and doing this and doing that but they understand that things just aren't how they should be you know what i mean mm. and that's also this this shift in assertion that mm. we talk about you know what i mean they're yeah. on this you know yeah this level here and, mm. they, and they're having trouble you know because of this doubt and everything and they're in confusion man like i say how can they believe you know i had a conversation with an old lady one day and she ended up going like this, she was shaking her fist beside her head going, what do you mean the government wants to kill me? You know, and she couldn't get that psychological guess that, yeah, the government's out to kill you. Sorry, yeah. but that's the bottom line. You know what mm. I mean? So it's a, it's a hard gig, man, for any of yeah. us. But, hey, we do what we do because we do what we do. And I'm humbled to be here doing it and blessed to be meeting people like yourself, people in America, Ricardo, you know what I mean? Mm. We're all here for one cause, guys. And, um, yeah, and I think we'll all shine through, mate. The good Lord will judge everyone on their merits on the day. We just got to do what we believe is right. You know what I mean? And that's Absolutely. all there is to it, AJ. So yeah. long-winded answer to your question. Beautiful. It's what the people somebody, need to hear. Somebody asked me a question the other day. How would you rate your performance A1, right? How would you rate your performance? And I just thought about it. So I thought, good question. And I went, ah. Oh. First point, we've done the work. Dave's done the work, we've done the work. Okay, but what about a result? And I said, okay, maybe 65%. And the person was shocked, said, what is that all? You reckon you've got a, just barely got a pass mark? And I went, yeah, but the highest possible score is 75%. Because the, the, the nature of the people in this country, no one's going to, no one is going to get 100%. 
And this speaks to what we call the mathematics of group dynamics. When you get certain percentages of a group, whether they're different types of groups within a larger group or uh, or an increase in one of those groups, when it hits, hits certain percentage, the, the dynamics change. You know, for example, up to, up to 4%, it's, imagine you've got a homogeneous group and you introduce a new group and it's up to 4%, it just becomes an irritant. It's there, but it's an irritant. But largely, you know, nothing to worry about. When it hits 7%, it now has influence. That's all it takes, 7%. And that's why the uh, they're trying to, uh, the immigration plan is to bring in people who are so at variance with a Western democracy that it, it has an impact. And they don't have to bring in many, but it's at 7%, you start to get a 10%, you've now got an issue in the sense that they're now going to be directing traffic away. And so when I say, you know, I'd rate us uh, 65% for the highest possible score, 70, 75 because there's no way now we get 20 we get 20 percent of the people we win we have won we have won there's nothing they can do once we get 20 percent because when you get to 20 percent you are now running the show because the rest are fragmented sufficiently not to know what to do and the major now again i'm speaking politically here because that's our gig we're looking for a political solution because we know we need we need a sound governance of this country in this phase all the other stuff is important but we're focused on that and the other parties will be evaporated they just won't be there and so we're quite, we're quite um, realistic about how well we've done and also realistic about what we need to get going. It's going to be great fun. I'll give you an example about this immigration policy. I've, the place I used to live at, a massive increase of uh, immigration from India, uh, Pakistan and China, huge, and other Southeast Asian countries. And it, it's... It, to, <laughs> Before I moved out, it started looking like Dubai. I don't know if you've been to Dubai, but Dubai is such a... You, you hardly see any Arabs because it's all other nationalities there. And it's just this melting pot of amazing nationalities, which is great, except it's no longer Dubai, if that makes sense. They sold out. And this suburb was... Man, this is this was no longer the suburb I moved into some many, many years ago. Now, what impact does that have? Let me give you an example. We've got this... Pro, uh, this uh, referendum coming up to recognize the aboriginal people in the constitution now it's 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 being sold as that but the the, the whole thing is a lie and there are many levels to it nobody wants it the genuine blacks don't want it the whites don't want it nobody wants this because it's all nonsense do, do we want to look after the rights of the first nations people yeah of course we do do we want to do it that way absolutely not but that's a whole separate interview we'll talk about that but what was pointed out to me quite astutely not long ago is with this influx of Indians and Chinese and, and Pakistanis and Southeast Asians, guess how much they care about First Nations people's rights in Australia? Zero. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a clue. It's zero. Yeah. Right? And so it's quite amusing. The only ones that care about the blacks, uh, you know, dumb whiteies like us that genuinely care about their right and their sovereignty issues that are legitimate and need to be dealt with in a, in a mature and, and adult way, given that they have sovereign rights, but there's 25.69 million others that you just can't wish away and pretend they're not, we're not here. Mm. And so it's, you know, it's going to be a process, but it's funny. They are importing people that are going to completely ignore the blacks and they do not care. These are the wealthy Indians. These are the, all the Brahmins are great people. Don't get me wrong. I love them. They're fantastic. Uh, and the rest, they all come in pocket full of personality. They get out of their personal shithole back home because that's why they come to Oz what was the expression? Indian, Indian Pakistan, a country, two countries where no, we had, nobody ever took a solid ship. Yeah, they want to get out of that. And I'm being intentionally rude, not to be offensive, but to make a point. They come to Australia for a reason, and then they come here and they turn it into something else. 
But the point is, they're changing the demographics quite intentionally to make this um, a difficult country to govern. Mm-hmm. They are yep. feeding. They are feeding challenges. Uh, and we've, what we've said the whole time is, we don't care where you come from. We don't care what the accent is. But you've got to love this country. This is our home. This is not a, an investment opportunity and a holiday destination. This is our home. You will treat mm-hmm. us with respect. And you know, we've had uh, people say, oh, well, you're just a right-wing extremist. Go, really? It's got nothing to do with melanin, I can tell you. Because we've got some friends from Kenya, black as the ace of spades, good Christians. I'd rather have a lot of them in country than a bunch of the whites that are just trouble. Yeah. So anyway, there you go. It's, it's a really interesting place we're finding ourselves in in terms of what's happening next in this country. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to it. I really am. We've got, oh man, I know I keep saying it, but we do. We've got a plan. We've got an objective, and and on the Aboriginal issue, just let me let me uh, address that very briefly. Uh, I've spoken to a lot of the the black leaders, not the corporate blacks, because there's a corporate black industry in Australia which sucks up thirty billion dollars a year. Get this, thirty billion a year goes into Aboriginal communities, wow. and, and yet we still have third world conditions in Central Australia where babies have venereal disease. Go figure. And we yeah. think we're a first world country. Forget it. But I said this, my start point is the end state. And I say, guys, look, we have a lot to get through, but look, here's where we're headed. One country, one people, one flag. If you're heading towards that, I'm right there alongside with you. Uh, If you think you can fragment this country into a thousand little separate nations, you're going to have a fight on your hands because there's no way we're going to let that happen. One country, one people, one flag. Yeah. And so away we go. And so that, that, again... Man, I hate to sound so optimistic, but I bloody am. There's a lot of pain coming, but goodness me, this country in three, five, ten years from now will just be the most amazing place on the planet, and everybody's going to want to come here. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to want to come here and make this their home, and we'll be welcoming them with open arms. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and again, I, you know, I can vouch that, and it's, it really pained me to see what was going on over in Oz after after living there myself, and you know, I'm de- desperate to go back and see it in its rebuilding phase, that repatriation phase um just the same as here it's, it's why my my grandfather who's canadian you know he moved back here after the repatriation phase with my 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 nan uh and settled here in england because he wanted to witness england in peacetime um you know and it's just like it's it's almost like m- many of us are carrying that torch as well at the moment um because that's like that's the goal isn't it we want to see the rebuilding we want to see the communities come back together that the immigration side of things is heavily affected the uk like in a, t- in a pretty terrible way over several decades really um you know everything from like mass immigration through syria to ukraine to all of it it's just like it's been relentless um and again i love all humanity but like if you're flooding people into a country or any communities and then they don't have they don't bring anything to the party they're just literally sponge off the system get free housing get all this kind of stuff you know uh, while there's six thousand veterans sleeping rough on the streets it's um you know you can see where the priorities all fail and you know London now isn't London as anybody's ever known it you know Sadiq Khan's done a like a ridiculous job on there everyone knows all about him knows how he protects you know these gangs and all this kind of stuff and he's on his way out anyway but like um that that that, that rebuilding of uh of community I think you know it doesn't matter what country you're in and where you're from is like got to be one of the first and foremost and um with australia one you know you've got so many like great ethoses and um and visions and, and values um is is that something that is going to be one of the main focuses like moving forward is like absolutely you know rebuilding those communities from the grassroots up yeah that's exactly what it is the great we call it the great labors of peace as you say the war's been fought 
And we have this Herculean task, the great labors of peace to rebuild this nation. But we're doing it in a way that isn't just like the old country, but better. Like the old country, but without the bad guys. No, no, no. This is this is completely different. Mm. This is this is genuine grassroots from the ground up. We're going to be decentralizing just about every every control aspect that the cabal has instilled into this country. You know, we have a duopoly of food uh, distribution through Coles and Woolworths. These are the two major uh, food distribution centers, and it's it's it, they are robbing people blind. And I use this as an example. When I was uh, in the Middle East for five years, I was buying Australian carrots at the local supermarket, the local spinny supermarket in uh, in Abu Dhabi. For less than the people at the same in Australia were buying Australian carrots, so the, they've been robbed blind for years. So we're going to decentralise food production. We're going to decentralise power. We're going to decentralise political power. We're going to do de- that's energy production. We're going to decentralise political power. So it'll this can never happen again. See, the measure of our success is to make this country make it impossible for anybody to try to take this country over. Because once we get real sovereign power down to as the lowest possible level, that's the people where they control their counties, their elected counties, where they elect their sheriffs, their judges, their uh, and their uh, legislature, the national legislature, then all of a sudden those counties can determine their own future and then the counties compete uh, for the people. The better mm-hmm. the county, the more people you're going to get, the more people you get, the more stuff you're going to end up with. And then you've got the states. We're going to have to increase the number of states and decentralise that because, again, Australia suffers from this massive centralisation problem. We've got a few key, two or three, four key cities that run the run the country. But we're going to have to split that up. And, and initially, we're looking probably about nine states. We and then it'll expand over time, maybe to no more than thirteen, because it's still a very small population. But again, we're decentralising everywhere, and all of a sudden, the people are going to realise, wow, you know, I really like this new country of ours because I know, like, and trust the people with whom I work. We're going to decentralise the location of our military units, so we have battalions and regiments that are actually associated with a, with a town, like in the old days. Mm-hmm. And so they had a genuine sense of belonging. So if you're in you know, the, the 15th uh, Straight Leg Infantry Battalion based in, uh, based in Lithgow, then you know that's where it's always going to be. It's going to be the Lithgow Battalion. And there's this esprit de corps, and the people love, they love the, that connection. Uh, we are distributing. We're going to make sure we start distributing a hectare of a hectare of an acre. I can't wait to do the maths on this, but let's say a hectare of land to everybody. So they get this, this this patch of Australia that's theirs. Now, they can't sell it to property developers. There's a bunch of checks and balances to make sure it doesn't get ripped off. But everybody gets a patch of land, and the first cab off the rank will be all the veterans that have served. Because we need to make service for the country very attractive if we're going to create this core, these three, this three-division core. And so, as you see, it's nice to have the the the, uh, the broad overarching statement, but then underneath it, we've, we've dived very deep down to make sure we have the practical policies that'll actually deliver on this and and being infantry we're lazy we don't like having to walk too far because doing something requires walking and we don't like walking Mm. and so the plans that we've got you'll do one policy and it affects multiple objectives if that makes sense so we're hitting it's systems warfare you hit the nodes and then you either collapse the system or create the system we're doing the same in reverse we build the nodes and the system will build up around that and so we do as little as possible to give the best possible result politically. And the people, man, things like term limits for politicians, no more protect professional politicians, that's it. Nothing special. It's a bit like jury duty. You get in, you do your bit, you get out. You want superannuation, figure it out for yourself. Because, you know, there's no special gold card that you get to travel for the rest of your life for free on aircraft. No, you're a servant of the people and you'll be treated as such. You'll be treated with respect, but you better deliver. And so, as I said, 
this whole nation is going to change so profoundly and the people are going to enjoy having their, their their power in their hands there's nothing more powerful than that than that family that's uh that's tight that knows who they are and in the neighborhood and then the, the suburb and then the town and then the city and then the state and the country it's mm. going to be extraordinary yeah. oh, i can't wait yeah absolutely and uh, i echo that for like what we're we're building here you know there's many people like with that same ethos you know everything grassroots led you know collapses uh you know, dystopian government. You know, I mean, no one, no one voted for six hundred and fifty MPs to govern and control anyone. Um, you know, all these uh, eaten, educated, groomed, you know, super- superiority uh, toffee-nosed little pricks um, that have just been going around, basically just gobbling up as much money as possible and terrorizing. That's all they've done, and just making themselves look busy. You know, um, for photo opportunities, saying that they're visiting this and visiting that. That's what they, it's the same. It's like a little blueprint that they follow. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, the reminisce of the, the fallout of all that over the coming months, uh, as people in the background, like myself and many others, are creating you know all these great little initiatives, you know, to help from the grassroots up in the, the local areas, the local councils, local communities, and more and more people are just starting to get involved, which is you know great to see and. That's the beauty of going around the country doing all the talks I do. I, I, I'm in with these communities at every different town, and then seeing what they're doing, and you know, and getting that feedback. So it's nice to be able to like really report on that here in the UK, and it's nice to see, you know, the future plans moving forward. Um, Dave, what's um before we uh, before we wrap up, I just wanted to obviously yeah. like talk a bit about uh, your show and wh- where people can actually find it, um, because I'm sure many of my listeners here in the UK and others in Canada and um and in and australia might, might not have heard your show because obviously you've got a good following there so yeah just like share away my friend like t- tell us about the magic okay so this is the channel that we're out on facebook on guys it's called stop the rot sack a lot okay so that's on facebook if you're on telegram you'll find us on um the great southern land i'll get these links over to you adrian the great southern land gathering all right you'll get bozy on the official australia one party uh, but we have Rumble, um, which we go live on each night. That's under my wife's name. You'll see the same Stop the Rock Koala logo up there, but it's under Mel Graham. But I'll get these things over to you. And AJ, before we do wrap up, I'd probably like to get you back on a show over here because you just mentioned something there about your tyrannical government. So to give you an indication mm-hmm. on what I'd like to talk to you about, if we can get you on a show over here with us, is... um. Okay, let me just run it, because we want to know where you guys are, because with all our research, let's just run through this quickly. Who owns Dominion? Lord Malik Brown of England. Uh, who created Mossad? England. Uh, who created Saudi Intel? England. Um, who created Israel? Oh, the English Rothschild Balfour Declaration. Um, who owns Big Pharma? England. Who owns the CIA? England. Who's responsible for 9-11? England. Um, all roads lead to, to Windsor Castle. Now, you know what I mean? So we'd like to know your objective and your understanding of how this thing over there is going down and collapsing because, as I just showed you, you British, and no, no disrespect to you guys, man, you're, you're on the front line fighting against this stuff, but you guys have certainly had your clamps on the world for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I would be really interested in finding out how you see this fail yeah and and this come down you know of this british monarchy that we've all been so empowered to 
Yeah. So yeah. that's a yeah, that's something I'd love to do with you, mate. If yeah, we, yeah, if definitely. We put some time. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent, mate. Hundred percent, definitely. And um, yeah. You know, I, th- I think just in summary of that, um, I, I said for a long time, and so as my close veteran friends that have been very much in the thick of it, you know, big shout out to Steve, big Steve Forsyth, former Royal Marine Commando, who's me and him have been to like all the vaccine centres, and, and he's been there with his green beret on, shutting them down, and. Um, I've been like, reporting them on them all, and and funny enough, the I've last one, guy, the yeah. funny enough, funny enough, the last one we did was Windsor, um, <laughs> and uh, that you know the irony, but like it's it's been like all that stuff has been for that reason, and we always said that like I think this whole war would be won and lost in England because it's the precipice of evil, you know, the, the, yeah. literally like the top of the spire, um, you know where, where and the monarchy sit up there. So yeah, yeah, absolutely, brother. It'd be, it'd be an absolute pleasure to come and uh, share all of that on your show with your listeners. Like, absolutely. Yeah, no, we'd love that, mate. We do. We bring the Americans in. Me and Rick have got um, some descendants of Ulysses Grant uh, very soon. Brilliant. Coming on the show. And um, yeah, this is where we get the real information. You know, this is what we want, AJ. We want to be talking to people on the ground like yourselves, you know what I mean? And yeah, so... Look, I, I know you've served, so yeah, I know you're going to wrap this up soon. So I'd just like to say to you and Bozzy, thanks for your service, mate. And um, yeah, something I've never done. I'm I'm doing my service in a different way, and yeah, mm. we're all we're all doing the same thing, guys. But yeah, I would um I I sort of would have liked to have experienced the military, but I've said to Rick, the only thing I wouldn't have handled, I think I would have been fit enough. You know what I mean? They could have taught me to fight good enough, I reckon, but. I couldn't have handled that yelling and screaming in my face. Yeah. That's just the one thing as an Aussie man, I could never have fit up with AJ. So yeah, hats off to you guys for, you know, yeah, doing what you have done. And yeah, a big shout out to all the military within this 22 time zone um, operation at this present time, because uh, yeah, we know what you're doing out there for us guys. We know what's going on behind the scenes and um, yeah, God bless you and Godspeed. So thanks for having us on age. Absolutely. My brother. And um, yeah, and I'll say it all the time, you know, people, nobody needs to really have had military experience to have had to go, you know, really suffer or experience resilience, which everybody's shown in different ways for the last like few years, especially. Um, but in, in essence, really, everybody who's on the ground, like fighting against the evil is is a super soldier. And you don't have to have had like previous military experience for that because you're fighting for truth, you're fighting for what's right, you're fighting for sovereignty you know you're fighting you know for, for unity between us as human beings um uh, you know and, and that, that makes everybody a soldier in my eyes and i'm sure rick would echo that yeah absolutely correct everybody that's been fighting has been fighting you're all you're all bloody champions and we said that this morning we're so proud you know we yeah. love all you we love you all and we're so proud of you because you are fighting a fight for which you were not prepared you were not trained and yet you've been attacked physically emotionally mentally psychologically spiritually and you're still here you're still fighting and it's just bloody superb and, and think about it the weight of pain that they have placed upon us and yet here we still are they've done they've dropped a ton of bricks and the grass is growing through so well done everybody absolutely and uh and i think it's a perfect note to uh finish there ladies and gents and um if you if you enjoyed today's show please make sure you share it with as many people as possible you know we're trying to unite everyone whether it's here in the uk australia america canada new zealand the world you know people who have been through the through the, the mud and we're trying to all come out the other side uh and be part of this amazing cleanup party um as the soldiers that we all are 
Um, but for myself, Rick and uh, and Dave, enjoy yourself, look after yourself, and I'll see you very soon on the AJ Roberts Show.